As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. How do you feel great on vacation? Like, really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. And now for something completely different. Well, hello, and welcome to Uncorking the Story. I'm your host, Mike Carlin, and today, yes, we do have something completely different. Always love it when we start off with Monty Python, right? That means that something big is happening. I don't know. Does that mean something big is happening? I guess it all depends on whether or not you like Monty Python. I love Monty Python. So here we go. Something completely different. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about weight loss today, and um, here, here's why. Last week, I held what I like to call curiosity conversations with men. And I call them that because I wasn't hired by a client to actually have these conversations. You know, I wasn't, you know, it's not like I just wanted to talk to men about weight loss that <laughs> I wasn't, it really wasn't that altruistic. Um, I, I do have a prospective client who is struggling. She works in, in a lifestyle industry and she's, she's struggling. Her business is struggling with attracting men. And she was just talking to me about it. And I was thinking about how I could help her. And um, I thought to myself, wow, what if I just explored this topic? Like she she didn't hire me to do it. What if I just explored this topic and, and just kind of gave her some thoughts to consider? And, you know, maybe by doing so, it, it builds some goodwill. Um, it's uh, kind of a different approach to business development, <laughs> me, me spending money on, on, on research. But here's the thing. I've got to get creative in, in finding clients because last year was a bad year for uh, for the business, you know. So I got to uh, I got to inject, got to inject some some life into the old uh, Vertigo Partners LLC. Anyway, so uh, there were curiosity conversations. I didn't have a discussion guide. You know, that, that's what we moderators use to, to, to figure out what we're going to ask people. I just followed my nose. I just followed my own curiosity. And man, it was a really interesting and rewarding, uh, <laughs> rewarding project for me. Um, you know, it's uh, it, it's something that I've struggled with. Weight loss is something I've struggled with over the years. I've shared shared stories before. I lost forty pounds in twenty nineteen, and um, so all these these guys, I can relate to just about everything they were telling me. I mean, it's fascinating. I'll play you a few clips in a minute about it, but um, you know, it's. Uh, 
it's it's a challenge, right? It's a ch- getting men to do anything lifestyle wise <laughs> is, is a challenge. You know, I quickly learned you know, they their initial assumption was that you know they they just haven't talked to men in advertising, so all they need to do is is address men in advertising, and you know if you build it, they will come. Kind of an approach. That's I can tell you right now, that's not going to work. Um, it's not going to work at all. We, there, there, there's multiple layers at stake here. Multiple layers at stake. Um, so, so what did I do? So I, I talked to I talked to to people, right? And I, I I didn't ask them, hey, what does you know such and such company have to do to win your attention? That's that's not going to work. I mean, consumers are good about talking about their problems. They're they're good about talking about their reactions to something you put in front of them. They're not great with coming up solutions. You know, it's not their job to to do a marketer's work for them either. Um, and they're not good at it. You know, they're just not good at that kind of level of creative thinking. So wh- what I was really just digging into was really just problems guys had with weight, problems they had with weight loss and, you know, what what it is they want to do about it, how they want to approach it, you know, what their tendencies are. And what I found out was was really fascinating. And it was fascinating in the sense that I, I could relate to it. I could relate to everything they were telling me. So here's the first thing that that smacked me in the face, right? It, it's that men want to try to drop weight by exercising because diet takes too much effort. And here's uh, what some of the guys I was talking to last week had to say about that. I always had been kind of an active person. You know, in high school, I played football and stuff and and kind of tried to control my weight through fitness, you know, going to the gym, things like that. I've never really been a diet guy, you know, <laughs> diets, diets, uh, it's too much counting with the calories and the, what's good and what you can and things like that. I guess I have the opinion with some of these, they're a little bit too strict for me. I might rather like to try to push myself with exercise and still be able to, during the course of a week, sort of still be able to eat some of the things that I enjoy that I think would be considered more of kind of like a junk food. Really keto was the first attempt I did at a diet, you know, and um, what I what I did with it was I kind of dummied it down, you know, because one problem I've always had with the diets is all the counting, you know, you're counting calories, you're counting grams, you're counting carbs, you're counting all of these things. And I kind of just looked at the basic of the the program. And I think men in general, we tend to be, you know, simple people, meat and potatoes. (laughs) Just tell us what we have to do and we'll do it. Guilty as charged. You know, we men, we, we want everything to be simple. You know, distill it down to exactly what we need to do. This is true in weight loss. It's true in relationships. You know, just tell me what you want. Stop making me guess. You know, it's true when we're putting together furniture. <laughs> and I recently, I actually bought a bed for IKEA for my son, and now I know what IKEA stands. It was my first experience with IKEA. Now I know what IKEA stands for. I'll kill everyone afterwards. <laughs> I think it's funny. I think it's funny. Um. So the KISS principle applies to us, right? The KISS, the KISS principle reigns supreme. And that's not, you know, nights in satanic service. Uh, <laughs> stupid rumors about the band KISS. No, keep it simple, stupid. That's it. You got to keep it simple, stupid for us. Um, 
you know, we're, we're, we, we, you know, we, we struggle, we struggle with anything complex. And, and Hey, look, look, when I was younger, I could run away from a bad diet. You know, literally I could run and pounds would come off after I hit 40. And I probably even say 35, you know, not so much, you know, one thing I realized though, is that if there's an emotional component, you know, there's an emotional component to eating, especially if you grow up in an Italian household, you know, my, my mother was Italian. My grandmother was Italian. You know, we eat for comfort. You know, that, that's part of the gig. You know, anyone who came to my house was immediately offered food regardless of the time of day. It, it's just how, you know, we show love. You know, I don't want to generalize by saying all Italians do this, but I think all Italians do this. Um, and emotions, you know, if you think about it, emotions are complex. They, they lead us to making sometimes not all emotions. They sometimes lead us to making bad choices, you know, particularly with food. And one of the guys I talked to last week for the for the sake of argument, we'll call him Andy. Uh, Andy lives in Wisconsin. He's been struggling with his weight all his life. And uh, here's what he had to say about the emotional component to eating. That's one of the places where I feel like I really struggle is with the emotional, you know, handling, handling emotions and handling uh, stress. And then in turn, as I'm dealing with that, a coping mechanism is to, you know, eat, eat or, you know, drink, consume, you know, like my case, one of my vices. And oh, oh man, did that really hit home for me? And, and let me tell you something. I was Andy. You know, Andy has two small kids. I had three. Now they're 18. Um but but he has two small kids and, and, you know, he's the primary caretaker for them during the week. You know, he, he's actually working from home during the pandemic. His wife has a job that requires her to be out of the home and he's got a lot of stress on him. You know, the, the, the pandemic is is, you know, still full swing. Uh, he, he's making all their meals and that's not stressful. Right. But but what do kids eat? What, what do kids eat? They, they, they eat chicken nuggets. They eat French fries, they eat mac and cheese, you know, <laughs> they eat shit that comes out of a box. You know, they're not exactly things that lead to weight loss. And of course, as a dad, and I, I certainly um, did this, you know, when they don't eat all their food, you, you don't let it go to waste. No, no, down the hatch, down the hatch it goes. And then it literally goes to waste and that's his waste. Um, but, but what he has to say about food as a coping mechanism be, because of stress is, is all too real. I mean, it was too real for me. You know, he, here's how that looked for me, right? For me, I, I used to get stressed and I wouldn't sleep. And, and what happens then, you know, uh, cortisol, right? The stress hormone goes through your body. And among other things, what that does is it increases glucose levels. And, you know, when we, we have all this glucose, what do we do? We, we crave more glucose. <laughs> we want more. We stress eat. Now, we're, we're not roasting up broccoli, in the oven, you know, we're not dabbling it in olive oil and putting a little garlic on it. No, we're we're opening up a bag of chips. We're going for the tasty cakes. And oh, my God, did I love tasty cakes? You know, I, and I, I hate Rob Miller for introducing me to tasty cakes in the back room of a focus group facility in Philadelphia. It could have been Concha Hawken. I don't know. It doesn't really matter where it was. But but what matters is that there's a contradicting contradiction emerging here. Right. Our tendency is to manage weight by, you know, exercise. Yet unless we do something about the way we approach food and the emotional components of eating, all the exercise of the world isn't going to help us. In fact, it may make it worse. You know, have you ever just rewarded yourself after a good workout with food? You know, I could have a burger. I could have a piece of cake tonight because I had a great run. You know, it's like one step up and two steps back. You know, there was those emotions. We got to deal with them. And, 
you know, as complex as that is, the story is going to get even more complex and it's going to get more complex because of the male ego. Can I do this on my own? It's like, you you feel like psychologically, you feel like it's something wrong with me. Like, why can't I do this on my own? I never found it justified to pay for something that I think with, we live in the age of information, right? I can get on Reddit. I can get on Google. I can read a book and find out all the information that I would otherwise have to pay for if I use one of these services. Um, I know that if I can go, if I, if I can create a shopping list and a meal plan and on Sunday nights, cook my meals for the week, um, you know, the price of that is a lot cheaper than using some of these services that, that purport to be magic weight loss techniques that are ultimately just going to put you at a caloric deficit, which I can do myself. My feeling with those is that they're kind of gimmicks. They're um, things like Weight Watchers. And, uh, I, actually, I don't even know how Noom works, but I assume it's, it's similar. I, I feel like all you need is sort of um, motivation and self-motivation and uh, discipline. Um you know, all, all the magic programs in the world won't help if you're not disciplined enough to follow them or whatever program you pick for yourself. So I want to believe I've got enough self-control that I can lose the weight without needing to get on a strict program where I can only eat certain things and people are delivering my food in the box and I got to put my calories in. And like, I mean, I feel like the recipe for weight loss is pretty simple. Exercise more, eat less, have more calories going out than coming in. That's all it really is. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a little bit of ego saying, hey, I don't have enough discipline to be able to do it on my own. You know what I mean? Like, I like to think when push comes to shove, if I need to be disciplined, that I'm able to be. um, And I'm able to achieve a goal without somebody else necessarily having to give me assistance. Do it on my own without somebody else necessarily giving me assistance. There we go. There's they're working to the heart of the matter now. Now, all the men I talked to wanted to lose weight, but they wanted to do it on their own terms, which meant exercise and not necessarily dieting. They admitted that there's an emotional component to their weight. And if you know anything about guys, you know, getting us to face our emotions isn't easy. And, you know, we, we want to do it all alone. We want to do it without help. But we can't. No one, if, if we really need to dig into this emotional component to our behavior, you know, and eating is behavior, you know, we have to realize we can't do that alone because nobody can face their emotions alone. But we're men and we believe that we're different and that we can. You know, we feel like we should be able to do it on our own. And, and here's, here's the big challenge to that, right? Here's what I wanted to say to all these guys last week, but I couldn't because I was just interviewing them. You know, it's like, how's that working out for you? You know, we want to do it on our own. We want to do it on our own terms. We don't want to address the elephant in the room. How's that working out for you? You know, it might work out for a while, but we're going to roller coaster. You know, the truth is we need to have somebody we can be accountable to in order for our lifestyle changes to stick. And and that's hard for guys. Now, listen, I'm not here to suggest that guys have it tough. You know, that's not my intention, but but just as society and culture puts pressure on women, it, it does the same thing for men. You know, from the time we're little, we're told to get up after being knocked down, to suck it up. Now, how my, when my son was younger, you know, I even heard my own wife tell him to buck up, to man up when he would whine. And, you know, that's that's the reality. These messages are reinforced in the stereotypes of men that we see in movies and on TV. You know, the hero may have some friends along his journey, 
but he's got to face the enemy alone. You know, Luke had to faith Darth Vader alone. I think I just said faith Darth Vader. <laughs> he had to face Darth Vader alone. Now, Mickey, yeah, Rocky had Mickey, but but the Italian stallion was the only one in the ring when he was fighting, you know, Apollo Creed or Clubber Lang or, you know, whoever else, the Russian guy. Who was the Russian guy? The Russian guy, not even played by a Russian. You know, Dolph Lundgren, not Russian. I guess he looked Russian, but he wasn't Russian. Um, yeah, there's we have resistance. You know, we have resistance to asking for help. That doesn't mean we can't do it. But but what I'd say to this particular client, though, is that they've got to force men to change our ways of thinking. You know, it's almost like they have to recognize the reality that that men face and then challenge it. You know, we know you should feel that you can do this alone, but how's that working out for you? There's that phrase again. How's that working out for you? And they have to realize that men are really bad at being vulnerable. You know, really bad at admitting we need help with weight loss and 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 admitting, you know, we need help with weight loss requires vulnerability. And if that's what you need us to do, then you've got to create an environment that helps us do that in a safe way. And my God, I can't believe I'm saying it. You know, I'm, I'm no fan of the term safe space, but but for a number of reasons for that. Right. But but that's kind of what we need. Right. We need some kind of a, a safe space. We, we need someone who wants to hold us accountable, but somebody who's not going to judge us. You know, they're not going to judge us for our current state. You know, if we are overweight. And they're not going to judge us when we slip, and we will slip. Everyone slips along a weight loss journey. Now, but that's what we're afraid of. We're afraid of judgment. Um, I guess we're not so different from you know other people in that regard, right? So show us how you can help us. You know, if you know that my first instinct is to want to include exercise in a in a lifestyle change or weight loss plan, just don't just talk about your food offerings, you know, or your system for determining how much food we can eat. Show me I can do this without fully giving up the foods I like. Reflect people like me in your communications. You know, I love that Adele lost a, a ton of weight. But you know what? I'm, I'm not a woman, right? So I can't really relate to her. And number two, I don't have the same luxury she has, you know? It's why one of the guys I was talking to, he brought a picture to the interview of Chris Pratt. And it was like a before and after picture. And it was the before, you know, Parks and Rec Chris Pratt, you know, before Guardians of the Galaxy Chris Pratt. And he's like, look, Chris Pratt can probably take 12 hours out of his day to work out if he needed to. You know, maybe not when he's filming a, a movie or something, but he could hire trainers. You know, he can afford, you know, the good foods. Um, <laughs> you know, I can't. You know, that's what this guy was saying. You know, and th that's right. So, you know, maybe like, uh, you know, even even if Adele, we can't relate to Adele. We can't relate to Chris Pratt either, you know, in, in many ways. So let me see myself reflected in your advertising that that's going to be important as well. So like, like I said before, like I, my, my weights bounced up and down. I struggled in, in 2019. I, I started doing, um, stand up. Uh, I say doing stand up. you know, <laughs> I started performing at open mics <laughs> and as part of that, I would, I would videotape, you know, my sets because I always wanted to get better. And, and, uh, I would watch the tapes and man, did I look uh, heavier than I've ever been? Because I was, you know, it was early 2019. I, I stepped on the scale after watching a video of me doing standup. Um, and I was 220 pounds. 
And that was like a wake up call for me, you know? So at that time, you know, I, I had, I had bounced up and down with weight and, and I did all these guys were talking about, yeah, I want to do exercise first. I don't want to touch diet. And that's, that was my approach as well. So my weight would go up it would go down. It would go back up again. And, you know, I realized that I needed to make bigger lifestyle changes. So I did, I did. Um, I had some help and I did wind up losing 40 pounds, you know, between, um, January and, October, November of that year, I lost a lot of weight and yeah, the pandemic's back. Pandemic came on. I put a little bit of back on, um, you know, don't blame me. I beat myself up about it. Believe me, I beat myself up about it. I, I hate the fact that I put on like 10 pounds since last March. Um, but I, and I know why that's the thing. I know why I did it. I, I, I kept running. I mean, I've been running like a fiend. You know, the other day I ran eight miles in, in, in 28 degree weather, but the diet, you know, it was, it's all diet for me. It's all diet and it's, it's stress eating and it's emotional eating and it's, you know, being lazy, you know, it's like <laughs> groundhog day, another night on the couch watching TV. What are we going to do? Well, let's have another glass of wine. And, and then that leads to, you know, potato chips at 10 o'clock at night and whatever. I'm not making excuses for it, but but I have this like, you know, new year, new me type approach. And, you know, I, I want to be able to do it by myself. Like I want to, <laughs> I want to do it by myself. I don't want to ask for help. You know, I, I, I'm not looking forward to sacrificing some of the comforts I love, but, but I know what I have to do. You know, I have to address the emotional components of eating. I've got to stop rewarding myself with treats for good behavior. You know, it's like, I, I have all the tools, you know, I just need to figure out how to use them again. And, you know, maybe what I'm missing is, is having, you know, someone else to be accountable to, you know, to, for, for reaching a goal. But, but you know what, as I ramble on here and, and I think about it even more, this, this whole conversation, this whole reflection isn't just about weight loss or is it about, you know, my attempt to help a prospective client do a better job with attracting men, you know, people like me into their business. It's, it's really about exploring those universal traits that we share when it comes to lifestyle changes. You know, number one, we want to do it on our own terms. Number two, you know, we, 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 we have to fully recognize how emotions drive our behavior, you know, in order to change. Um, and, and, and in order to change our behavior, we have to work on our emotions. And number three, you know, we want to be able to do all of this on our own, but, but we have to realize that we can't do it alone. Yeah, we may have the tools, we may have the knowledge, but we need guidance in figuring out what to do. So, Deb, if you're listening, <laughs> if you're listening, Deb, that's a big if. Um, what you're really up against isn't the fact that you know men feel that your business has alienated them in advertising or that your program just isn't for them. What, what you're up against is something bigger than that. But the good news is, the good news is you've got all the tools you need to accomplish what you want to accomplish. You just may need a little help in figuring out how to use all those tools together. And thankfully, that's what I'm here for. Um, so listen, thank you for listening to this. Uh, again, now for something completely different reflection on Uncorking a Story. If you like what you heard, please uh, go over to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, hey, subscribe. That's a good idea. Maybe give us a review. We need some more reviews. Uh, we'd love some more reviews. Also, if you if you like what you hear, yeah, tell a friend. Tell a friend about this. Maybe they'd like to uh, hear 
what you just listened to or any of the other, you know, 61 episodes of Uncorking a Story that we've done in the past. So listen, thank you very much. And uh, we'll be back with another episode uh, later on this week. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe.